What is up? We're back here on the Left Home Podcast, episode number eight. Today we have Gavin Babcock. He is a professional disc golfer sponsored by Prodigy Disc, uh, former collegiate wrestler. Yep. And now yep. he's full-time on the road. Yeah, full-time must be the first. Bring it up. Try and, like, I usually put it, like, right here. Right so, yeah. All right. It's about good. Yeah. It'll be the first, first year fully on the tour. Uh, I graduated school last year in May and headed out to Portland. So it kind of got half a year. And it was easily, like, the best experience I'd ever had. And yeah, I'm I'm stoked to just get a full year of it this year. Oh yeah, what did yeah. you what did you study in college? Uh, business major, and business. then got like a music minor. Okay, sweet. Yeah. What what instruments do you you? Uh, I took play? piano lessons. Like, yeah, took piano lessons for a while, and my uncle was actually uh, a professor there, and just okay. kind of like fell into a minor because I had the requirements to take his class, and that was a couple classes away. It was like might as well, might as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Sweet. So, yeah, Gavin's a professional disc golfer. When did you when did you start playing? Um, junior high school, 2016. I'd kind of played, like, occasionally when we'd go down to our grandparents' house and just, like, once or twice a month when I was little. But that was, like, the first year I fully got into it. We okay. had a New Year's Eve, like, family party at Okaboji and rented out, like, a lake house. And my aunt's boyfriend at the time, uh, Talked me into signing up for the PDGA and uh, played my first tournament at Pickard, actually, where the Des Moines Challenge is held. And you, Are you, you're from Iowa, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah from yeah, Iowa. Okay. Yeah. Because I think that's, like, the only time we've actually ever met was, like, one time. Yeah, you had that I was with Ter- eagle I was on with 18. Ter- yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was so sick. Yep. Like, probably, like, one of the only ones ever. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know anyone else that's three that. That was... Yeah, absolutely. Like insane. a probably like a four hundred something foot throw in, oh, dude. On that on that green too, and on camera, disgusting. we got the video. <laughs> <laughs> it was insane. That yeah, that video lives rent free in my head. That yeah, thing. that but, was a good time. Yeah, it was like forty mile an hour winds. I was playing in wreck, and I remember taking an eight on hole eighteen, and everyone like I had like pros coming up to me like, "Oh, you you took an eight on there? Like that's such a good score today." And I was like, "What?" And everyone was just so nice, and it was uh, very easy to want to come back and just yeah. kind of fell in love with it from there. So that was in twenty sixteen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's crazy, like because I've been playing since like. Fifth or sixth grade. So Dang. since like 2012 or 11, maybe. So like I've been playing for like 11 years or something. That's nuts. And like I'm not, I'm pretty good, but like I see all these guys that are on tour after playing for like a few years. I'm like, fuck <laughs> these guys. <laughs> like I found out Tristan had only been playing for like, I think he's only been playing disco for like four years. Really? Yeah, something like that. As and now, I was like, and then you get someone like Ezra, who's yeah. just, I mean, he's I mean, super athletic dude, picks it up quick, and then I mean, top five thrower in the game. Yeah, like I know, I've like wise. seen all this. I'm like, man, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I, that's yeah. it's a bullshit, but yeah. good for those guys. I know. So you started playing in 2016. How how? What was it like moving up like the ranks? You said you start actually played a rec tournament because I feel like a lot of guys don't like. I just played advanced and then pro. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like, I, I could I could be making it up, but I could have swore 
Nico was like my favorite player when I was starting. And I thought I heard him say somewhere like he just kind of went until he got a win in each division. Okay. And it just kind of ended up working out that way. And so I played, played rec, got like an unsanctioned rec win, played, uh, and then moved up the next year, got an unsanctioned intermediate win. And then same thing in advance the following year. But I'd like never actually had like a sanctioned win until I had turned pro because all of them were just like, yeah, popular, like local unsanctioned events. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and yeah, so just kind of one year at a time, just moving up and rating kept going up with it. And, um, just kind of grinding then the summers after wrestling got over and where are you from in, in, in Iowa? Uh, technically Altoona, Iowa. It's like a little suburb. Are you like, okay. So are you like pretty close to like where all the tournaments were? Yeah, yeah. Because where I, I grew I up in Minnesota, I was like an hour to an hour and a half from all the tournaments. So I didn't oh. like play a tournament until I think I was like probably at least like sixteen. Really? Yeah, which kind of sucked. Cause, yeah, I because well, when you played the challenge, there were the four courses. Yeah, and I live within a thirty-minute radius of all four of those. Oh damn! And yeah. that's like some of the best. Yeah, like, it's like a, the, obviously like Midwest disc golf's great overall, but like those four courses are insane. Yeah, I mean. It, Besides, like, Wildcat and some of the Cedar Rapids courses, then, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I, I got lucky and was within, like, seven or eight good courses of, like, a 30 to 35-minute radius, so. Damn. Yeah. That's nice. Because I, I, like, growing up for me, I played, like, the same nine-hole course, mm. like, five to ten times a day for, like, years. Yeah. <laughs> but that was it until, like, every once in a while, me and my buddies, because we had, like, a good group of guys that would, like, we all played and like took it pretty like serious and then like every once in a while one of the parents would be like they drive us to like the cities to play or something That's it was so clutch but when we did get to go play an actual 18 we were like hell yeah <laughs> like, yeah this is the best thing ever looking back at it though like those are some of like the best times because like oh, I, yeah. even even when i moved to altoona um i'd like the closest one is like five minutes away it's a little 12 hole course and just like grind it like me and some buddies with the same thing we just grind that little 12 hole and then, like, on the weekend or something, we'd be like, all right, let's go. Like, we'd pick an 18-hole course or two to go, yep. and then it made that experience much more enjoyable and, like, looking forward to it. Yeah. So how many years have you been playing pro then? Uh, I think 2019. 2020, this is, I think, my fourth year. Fourth year? Yeah. Okay. And when did you get your – did you, you have a pro win? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't get that until I think – Oh God, I think it was 2020. Um, it was, it was just me and one other guy, but it was like his home course. And I average, I ended up averaging 10, 20. And so I didn't feel bad about yeah, that. You're just like, being two people. In for the people division. who don't like know disc golf, basically like for pros, I would say like you want to shoot over a thousand, I guess yeah. a thousand rated round is like, I would say like the bare minimum. But nowadays, probably like I mean, if you, yeah, you to, want to be to like two twenty, is probably like yeah, not to, even like that's like you don't feel bad about your round, maybe. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. like at, at the time with it being like a, just a local tournament, and like I think I wasn't quite a thousand rated yet, and just I, I think I shot a couple forty fives, and it's like ten nineteen, ten twenty one, or something, and yeah. So at the at the time, it was like I didn't feel bad that it was just two people. And then right. I ended up getting my second one the day after oh, wow. at, uh, at Grandview too. But yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's been, it's been quite a, 
quite a change though going to the pro tour scene now it's like all sick like top 20 (laughs) do you think you do you think going on tour like a lot of people say as soon as you on tour you get better and and a lot of people say like there's like a rating jump too just because as long as you shoot well like the ratings tend to be like higher the okay the the ratings thing i I used to like highly believe in that, but I honestly don't think like there's some courses like obviously like fountain and Vista, like those are just nuts rating courses. But like when you see like someone shot like 1080 or like it's like they just, like they're just out of obviously everyone's just really good. So yeah, you know, yeah, no, I mean, I really didn't see too much of a increase in ratings or anything, but it definitely constantly being around those guys. And just playing with that high and just like seeing lines you don't take and and practice rounds and stuff, being able to bounce ideas off each other. It mm-hmm. just like throughout the year and even just the half year, I grew so much like knowledge as a player and it kind of just changed my game. Yeah, like, I had like better. a similar experience when I finally moved to the cities. And then most of the time I would play with Terry <clears throat> Roethlisberger and Alex mm-hmm. Geisinger. So like, you go from kind of playing with just like your buddies who like we're all like pretty decent disc golfers and everything. But then you see like the lines Terry and Alex throw. Yeah. And I'm like, I could throw far luckily. So like I could see those lines and be like, Oh, that's what I should be doing. So you play for a year with like really good players and it changes it. Everything you think is like possible. You're like, you see a shot. And you're like, Oh, I can, I can do that. I just never even thought to do that. Yeah. That was like my biggest change. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, a fairly forehand dominant player. So like I, I found myself at the beginning of the year trying to force a lot of forehands when like maybe with the slope of the green or something like with how late it needs to turn, like a backhand turnover or something, probably the play and just like watching like these people, like even if just letting them play through or something and then mm-hmm. Chris Dickerson steps up and throws it like, okay, like he has a forehand. And so like, why isn't he? But yeah, just being able to see all that and, Really, really, I feel like it's the change of like, okay, this hole ends to the right forehand, this hole ends to the left backhand, but it's like not always that way, yeah. Because, like, and I think the biggest, like, the first course that really um, made me like get a full game plan and was at like Worlds because we played Utah Open before Worlds, me and some buddies, and I played, I played so bad, and then having like be there for two and a half weeks by the time worlds gets done. And then I got like tied for 49th at worlds and going from like, just playing absolute garbage at Utah open to then just like seeing people in that tournament, like throw these lines, like, okay, well I didn't practice that. And then Mm -hmm. having a week to re retool my game plan and then apply it to worlds. was like, wow. Like that, it can just be like a quick turnaround like that. If your practice rounds are, effective yeah because like you're if you're a good player and you see like a new shot you could probably throw that shot yeah you just have to see it actually yeah because there i mean there's definitely weaknesses like in everyone's game and like rollers aren't my strong suit but i mean portland open i was seeing like oh everyone's throwing a roller here and i mean i don't throw rollers and i threw eight like per round just because it's such a long course and i was like that's clearly the the play yeah. (laughs) yeah huh yeah, I've only played, like, I haven't played many, like, the only, like, A-tiers I've played is, like, Des Moines, the Rumble. I've never um, played Rumble. 
Rumble is like a good time. That, that looks like a yeah. sick I, course. Camden 2 is always super fun. Yeah. Like that's one of my favorite courses probably. Super wooded, like a lot of elevation, but it also had like, I feel like it has like fair lines. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like wooded to where like you're kind of just throwing and like you hope for a good shot. Like if you throw a good shot, I feel like you got rewarded for it. Yeah. Where some wooded courses are just like bullshit. Like you kind of just throw and maybe you'll miss the trees but yeah that one's super fun so if you get a chance to play that one i definitely would that's always a fun one but so what do you think because i have like i definitely have an opinion on like being growing up being like an athlete and nowadays we're seeing a lot more uh like athletes come like coming up quickly in the game i would say Mm -hmm. and have that athletic background whereas me like when i was in middle school you know i'd watch all of the I've probably seen like every disc golf YouTube video yeah. from like, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. A lot of the players like were not very good. You would assume are not good athletes. Just looking at them, you can tell. Yeah. Now that's kind of changing a lot. You obviously have a wrestling background. Do you play any other sports? I uh, played football and baseball through like sophomore year of high school. Okay. But then just kind of stopped those for wrestling and then junior year and on just wrestling yeah so like what's your opinion on like the athletic background going into into disc golf i think it makes the transition a lot easier because you understand i mean especially like a sport like wrestling where you have to be fully in tune with your body Mm -hmm. and i think it makes it makes like correcting errors easier and as, as long as you can be aware of them and just like having the right balance and everything and being flexible I, I just think it makes a whole transition a quicker process for like most of it. And then it still eventually gets to a point where you have to grind to just fine tune those areas. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'd, I'd say, I'd say definitely, I mean, even, even looking at golf, like tiger changed the game. Like he was like the, one of the first people to just like, Oh, he's working like now all golfers are like super fit. Yeah. And like a legit athletes. And I think it also just looks better for the sport. Definitely. As well, if you just see a bunch of like people that are in shape and it kind of makes the sport look a little more respected. Yeah, I definitely like I've kind of thought that for a while because like I saw like the whole change of where disc golf in the last like 10 years went from. It's always been a super fast growing sport, but it also was I mean, it's still small, but a lot of like the faces of the game or the some of the best players like in all honesty if the outside world saw them they wouldn't take it serious because of how they look you know and that's like no no fault to them like that's just how that how they are which is one of the things that i think makes this sport so cool is that you can have some dude who is a there's professional athletes now that like play disc golf on the side yeah but then you have local dude who smokes tons of weed (laughs) has beers on the course but shreds like 10 20 rounds every time he plays because he's just john daly yeah you know what i mean (laughs) so there's those guys but that has been one thing that i think has like helped propel the sport a lot in the last probably like four or five years is majority of the top names have an athletic background or at least like look the part yeah you know yeah and and like you can definitely see it too because like i mean just the stories like you hear on the road and stuff of oh how the olden days like they all go party and then wake up like oh you're too hungover like <laughs> all have fun today type stuff but now like 
everyone's really concerned with their diet, like recovery and, and, uh, I, I think Seth, uh, disc golf strong is helping a lot too. just, I mean, my, like I tweaked my back, uh, I don't know. It was, it was like two, two or three weeks left in the season and at GMC, like he was helping me and, and I was kind of like shying away from it a little bit just because like, I don't know, like in, in college I had like a really good athletic trainer that I was close with and mm-hmm. I just wasn't sure about like about, but I mean, once I approached him, they're like, he's super cool, super helpful. And I was like, that's what we've needed is right. someone to really like make sure that the players are getting like taken care of like that. Right. Cause a lot of guys in the past were probably like, they're on the road probably not even sleeping in like a van they're sleeping in like the passenger seat of their car yeah so that's horrible for you probably eating mainly fast food and now just through like social media you see like most guys are like at the health food stores eating healthy working out at like going doing recovery stuff after every round i think i think part of it is probably they now everyone knows there's money in the game yeah so they're like why i'm in this position like say like like a guy like you who like first year on tour you have the opportunity in the next, it could be this year, to completely change the trajectory of your life. Yeah. All based on, like, what you are able to do with your body. So I think they're all seeing, like, oh, shit, could I could I make, like, you know, just a, a yearly salary? Could I make a million dollars a year? You don't know now, and it's all, like, 100% on you. Whereas 10 years ago, it was kind of like, I mean, we can maybe make like probably 20K a year, have some tournament winnings, go work in the off season. Who really cares? Yeah. Now I think everyone's like, oh shit, if we take it serious, we don't ever have to work again. You know? Yeah. Which I think is like probably the biggest part in it. Yeah. It's super eye opening and just kind of to be able to, like, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it kind of took some people and just like, why wasn't I taking that as serious? like before and now it's just like wow like i can do that and even with um like some tournaments like it's it's like it it's tightening up so like there's so many tournaments where it's only thousand rated players right and like the average at the cash line like for the cut or something is like 10 24 right and it's like that like last year i mean there's still tournaments where like locals are getting in but it's in a couple years gonna be like super strict and Unless you're on the tour, like you won't be playing, which is how it should tour. be. Yeah. I would say, yeah. yeah, and it's definitely moving in the right direction. But I, I think with how tight it's getting, like people are really realizing, like they need to start kind of yeah. focusing it up a little bit and mm-hmm. tightening some areas. Yeah, I, it's crazy to see, like maybe like five years ago, like Paul McBeth being probably the only one that was like had a diet, had you he know, was going for was like runs. looking professional, <laughs> yeah, like all that shit, and been gets the gets the bag and everyone's like oh shit here <laughs> yeah, we go it's like oh there is money in this call yeah so speaking like on the topic of like making it a career and like money and stuff i saw like your instagram post a few weeks ago where you talked about like that last putt i think it was at usdgc mm. qualifiers yeah where you were like oh shit like i can do this I, yeah kind of like that maybe, maybe like talk talk us through that yeah so i going into senior year like i'd No, like I had thought about the idea of doing this, but I really didn't know if it was like going to be viable as an option. But um, yeah, because COVID COVID hit, fucking whatever. But then um, DDO was the first tournament to reopen registration and they opened up some more spots. So me and my buddy went and took a trip. 
And after I, I got some whack call from the spotter, and it was my fault for not calling provisional, but I ended up, long story short, I ended up tying for last cash with like James Conrad and Ben Calway. I was like, sick, like first, first ever NT, and like I cashed. I was like, okay, so like maybe I could do it. I left a lot out there. And then, um, and then my buddy Matt Polson, uh, he qualified for USCGC at the Majestic. And so I was going to go out there, try to Monday qualify, worst case, hang out and caddy with him and, or caddy for him with, uh, Matt Schleybach. And yeah. And so I ended up doing the Monday qualifying and super, super up and down round, kind of through the middle, just not playing great. And then it was like 960 golf at the beginning and then like 1050 golf at the end. It was just all these crazy putts to like keep the hope alive. And then I put myself in position. I had to make like a 70 foot death putt for birdie on 18. And I walked up there and the dude was like, some, some random guy comes up. He's like, Hey, you know, you have to make this right. <laughs> I was like, I was like, thank you. Yes. For some context, whole like, 18 on this course is like, slightly downhill if you miss it your disc is like off a cliff into the water basically yeah yeah it was a, it, like it didn't matter if i missed because if i went in the water because if i didn't make it then i was going home but um yeah and so i i managed to make that and that was just to get into a playoff and then it was like five person playoff for three spots and i ended up making it in there and and i was like i, I Think people, yeah. I was the first island to ever like make it in on Monday qualifying. Is oh, what, really? Like everyone was saying, yeah. And so that that was kind of the signs just kept like aligning. And then I was like, okay, I think this is what I want to do. So then we started looking at vans. And then in January, right before we, yeah, it was like late January, right before uh, we pulled the trigger on the van. Uh, Prodigy reached out, and that was like the clear cut sign. I was like, all right like sick so at that time you were unsponsored yeah so okay. i was unsponsored like all off season yeah. i had reached out to to some people and uh and they're like it, it kind of like was a roller coaster of an email because they're like oh we've already closed our application process but we think you make a good fit like welcome like we'd love to have you on the team i was like like all oh, shit and then, and then like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then like, a couple weeks later got the van and then every weekend at school luckily i only lived like 40 minutes away and i would just go home and me and my stepdad, we have like a work garage, uh, like a workshop in our garage, yeah. and just one one piece at a time, started building her out a little bit, and yeah, now we're doing it. <laughs> How's it like? Cause you, what are you like six four, six three? Yeah, six four. So like your van's like a pretty small one. You could relatively you even, to you like fit the, in that thing. It, yeah, <laughs> I couldn't be any taller. Because <laughs> there's like the bed is six is like six foot tall, but then there's like a three inch gap that my pillow like leans up against the back window. Yeah. And then I move my front seat forward and it, it's like perfect. Damn. And then, yeah. So uh, that's like the first thing everyone says when they see the size of my van, like how the hell do you fit in that yeah. thing? But no, I, it's couldn't be any more perfect. Damn. That's funny. So, so you got the van, got picked up by prodigy. I don't can you I don't know if you can like say anything but were they like was it just like discs financial support or like was it anything just, like that just kind of like the just a base base, base contract base I wanna, yeah just some just some like team gear and um and just some yeah some discs obviously because I just to get me started and everything right. but 
Yeah, nothing too big, and I kind of took it like I didn't expect anything much, right. and uh, I kind of took it as like a, a prove yourself type of year yeah. if you want anything. And so, yeah. how did that year go? Then you said you went on like half half a year about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I felt I definitely felt like the beginning of the year was still kind of like looking back. It was a lot of like, why did you throw that shot? Just either not knowing my bag fully yet, mm-hmm. and I mean because when I got picked up. I mean, later, it was like after the application process and then didn't get my disc for how long. And then there's snow on the ground in Iowa. So I was out there every day with like awful footing, just trying to like, oh, how's that fly? But um, yeah, come come time in in uh, June, it was it was still like, yeah, a little shaky. I felt like there are a few holes in my bag, but uh, it's it's a lot like just I cannot wait for those tournaments at the beginning of the year to mm-hmm. roll back around because there's just so many things that I could have done. But Prodigy's also dropping like tons of good shit in the dude, last year. The so. drivers coming out yeah. are nuts. <laughs> Everyone I like, that talks trash about Prodigy, wait. <laughs> aren't they coming out with like a new appro- like overstable approach disc yeah. too? Yeah. Yeah. I like they, they, I like Prodigy stuff. Dude, the the only thing so is sometimes the plastic a little sharp on the edges. Flashing no more. Really? I'll, I'll let you feel some stuff. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's it's money. Because I love Prodigy putters. I love the A-Series. haven't thrown them for a while, but I want to get back to it. I just got a... My buddy sent me a new, like, an Airborne D1. Things beefy. Sick. And then, like, a D2 that goes a mile, so... Have you thrown the Falcor yet? No, but I want one. I'll, I'll let you throw I just I'll let you I just saw Kale's video yesterday, and I was like... I feel like I need this disc because yeah, <laughs> I, I got a practice round on the Gannon and Kev at the all-star event and, uh, and he got some of the stock reverbs and those are, Oh my God. They were just like holding perfect in a headwind just flip up a little mm-hmm. bit, still stable. And, and yeah, then the Falcor is sick and they they kind of retooled the, like the depth a little bit. So they're a little deeper and just okay. feel so money. I feel like a lot of prodigy discs have a tendency to be shot. The drivers are a little more shallow than yeah than the a normal. lot of other brands. Yeah, and I, I like mean, it kind of, but yeah. And even Kev is like, these reverbs are gonna kick out like all my old D twos that I have and everything. And yeah, yeah they just bomb. But in the A five and the A model OS are those are gonna be. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I'll be throwing the A two anymore. They're like the perfect. Those are the ones stability. I'm really excited to try out because I threw yeah. the A two for a while. And I loved them, but then I lost all of them. So yeah. I like, haven't been throwing them. But I saw that those were coming out, and I was like, ooh, yeah. I'm going to have to. I'll probably still bag like a, like a 300A2 for something like crazy stable and just that plastic like grabbing the ground nice. But yeah. What's the decision like for a guy who you know, went to college, like has the degree, all that type of stuff, <laughs> to choosing like the tour life, to being like, all right, so how old are you? Like, 23 almost 23 okay so obviously you're at the point where most people like our age are all right what the hell am i doing with my life yeah what's that choice like to be like yo i just spent four years at college to get this degree whatever and now you're like i'm gonna just go live in a van and throw frisbees in park (laughs) (laughs) what's that um well i knew i knew the shit (laughs) i knew the first year was probably gonna be like just a little tight and feeling everything. But like, I mean, even with me paying like tournament entry and everything, like I was still like up 
like a grand at the end. And so I was like, if I just got some, like was able to get some support in some way or find like a little job or start selling some stuff like, like it could very easily be like doable. And especially with having like a marketing degree, like I've just mm-hmm. been kind of looking for, for some stuff to be able to, and um, I kind of, I mean, I'm sure you've seen on the Instagram, I got into like Kendama yeah. quite a bit and I'll be setting up a sweets Kendama booth at like all, events basically and um so it'd be helping out a little bit that way and i've just been looking for like little things i'll be helping work for Prodigy at their booth whenever they're setting up nice. and um and then got some stuff for wander disc golf that's dropping and then um i'll have a couple different fundraiser discs also coming Do out you know this what year. discs not yet. It kind of depends on what they have available. Is it like you get like a just a shipment and they put your stamp on it? Yeah, not yeah. like a tour series actually. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I just said I'll just be like, hey, like I kind of want to order like one hundred twenty five discs or yep. something, and then be like, all right, these are available, and then just pick whatever is kind of popular. But yeah, just kind of looking for looking for things like that to help at least feel like I'm using my degree. In, right. in the sense, and and I think wrestling helps quite a bit with, like, I know that I don't expect, like, quick results or anything. I know it's a long, slow process of progression, and, and like, I'm willing to just sit and kind of, it's, it's going to be annoying at some times, but to keep grinding to get better, and eventually, I'll, if everything just keeps going right, then I'll be, be like as long as you're, like, kind of even but it's like a slow up yeah you if know I just like keep, in the end it'll yeah it'll work out yeah if i just keep progressively getting better like it has been then then we'll be we'll be golden by the end what did your parents think uh my mom was definitely like super skeptical at first just like she's she's always been like my number one supporter and she was definitely super skeptical a little bit and um, and then I think that when the, as the signs started coming in, she kind of like saw it a little more like, Oh, like maybe he can do this. And then when Prodigy emailed me, she was like a hundred percent behind. She's like, she's like, all right, like, let's do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. But, yeah. That's good. Cause I know like, I feel like some parents out there would be like, hell no. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I kind of got lucky with the, with the support crew I got, but yeah, my family is fully 100% behind it. It is funny though with the like as you start talking to older people they they like don't even like like oh so how long are you doing that for? It's like, "Well, I'm trying they, they to don't make like, it, yeah. re- realize, like oh, realize like you can make money from yeah. that." It's like, "Yeah, <laughs> like I'm trying to make that my my life." <laughs> my I'm, my grandma the other day, she's like, "Oh, the Apple store is open in Waukee. Like is that something you'd be interested in?" I was like, "What?" <laughs> like I don't want to do No. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like a lot of like the like older people they they just really like don't realize there's other options out there in today's world than just like getting a job (laughs) yeah i mean there's with with like social media and everything like you can have the most odd job and uh, yeah just some people don't fully understand that like you can make money doing weird pretty much make money doing like anything nowadays yeah, yeah if you just get some sort of following like you can make yeah. So what is your like social media plan for this year? Are you going to start YouTube at all? Are you going to, cause right now are you just kind of like just Instagram? Like that? yeah, just Instagram. And, um, 
I'm, I'm trying to think if I'm going to start, I mean, I'd like to start my, like a YouTube, I guess I already have one and I've done some like wrestling vlogs in the past, but, um, I'd like to start mine and at least keep it short or at least just have like a disc of the week to try to like keep promoting like prodigy stuff. Right. Um, but then wander disc golf, they came out with like a new segment I called saw the, that. Yeah, yeah. the wander life. And I'm in the middle of, I've been recording all this week and they're making that more like a, for Tristan and I kind of like a day, like a, he said, just pick a week and it's kind of like a day in the life mm-hmm. outside of playing. So like what you're eating, if you go do any fun activities or whatnot. And so, yeah, we'll see, we'll see how that goes. And then they, they did have a podcast going, but I don't know if they're going to bring that back up or not. Yeah. But. Yeah. I definitely, that's cool that, that they're doing that. I also think it's cool that they are having you guys do like, doing it while you're not playing yeah because from like me like working in like social media and like content creation most people who are like a fan of you or a fan of disc golf they obviously want to go watch the coverage but like they, they want to know what you're doing yeah just yeah. on your like any, that's how any industry is any like behind the scenes look a person can get that's that's what's going to get the most watches yeah Cause they want to know. Yeah. I was just going to say all the behind the scenes stuff. And like, I mean, and I've always been a fan, even just like mic'd up stuff, just to hear yep. what, like any bit of information you can get of like, like any, anyone you look up to, like what they do in their day to day life mm-hmm. is I've always found interesting. So I thought it was a pretty good idea for the YouTube series. Yeah. Cause I, I see a lot of like disc golfers on Instagram where, like some of the best players in the world and they have like five posts. The only the only post they have every year is their sponsorship announcement. <laughs> I know. And I'm like I'm like what are you doing? Like you're literally like it's so like it, you could make it hard and like make it a lot of work by like going hard in it, but like to just post like your tournament recaps and like review a disc like it's so easy yeah they're, they're not they're missing such like already, a big market they like, already have the fan base yeah so just give them the platform it's not like they're n- nobody knows who they are yeah like I, th- I always think back like i think it was like kelvin heimberg yeah like, didn't have an say. instagram until like two years ago or something yeah and he just started like going off kind of yeah and he's like i'm gonna be way more active this yeah year. it's and like i would hope so you're the, like top three in the world <laughs> yeah and then james yeah and james james started doing pretty good with it too last year yeah but i mean whether you have someone else run your account or you i mean you gotta you gotta be posting especially that high <laughs> yeah. level something i guarantee you with how the disc golf like world and market is right now like how small it is and like how much of like you could go meet your favorite player just out on the local course any of the day of the week. Like it's not like they're like disc golf famous people, but like in the big picture, like you can go up and talk to anybody. Yeah. Professional disc golfers. If you do not want to like do your social media guarantee you, there's a dude out there who's sitting at home watching every single piece of coverage out who works in marketing, works in media production, who, if you hit him up and said, Hey man, I'll send you 300 bucks a month to like do my social media they would be like hell yes like yeah because they're a fan of you and they want to help you out and it also like guarantee it just yeah. look into it because it'll help your brand it'll make you more money yeah <laughs> and especially with people getting or like uh the beacon sports management you have a lot of guys that are picking up actual agents and yeah, stuff now yeah and so i mean just i mean yeah with gannon and i, I can't remember who's all on the t calvin and 
I mean, that's that's going to be a game changer too, because then then they won't have to worry about finding anything. And yeah, because Eagle already has like a has an agent too, and I, I know someone that was like trying to get through to him, and and they had to go through like two or three different people to like actually get to Eagle. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's he's got like a top setup. Yeah, that's Just crazy. Only being able to focus. But on That's how they're going to get the big deal, like the deals, because yeah, they're like a lot of people. Like it's hard for them to like talk talk money or talk. They don't know what they're worth, really. I guess, especially in a sport this new, like this up and coming, is you don't like some dudes are probably out there signing deals for five hundred bucks a month, not knowing like, dude, you should be charging like five k. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like a lot of guys in disc golf right now are probably getting taken advantage of if you don't have an agent. I'll tell you that much. Like, yeah, because I mean, the- there's money out there, and you're like, look at it as like, what is your time worth? A lot more than you're probably charging. Yeah, because I I honestly think that almost like like at least in the top twenty in the world, like they should just be extremely comfortable. Oh, because yeah. I mean, if if you have a top twenty guy on your team and they're they're not just like able to just basically do what they want during the season, because obviously if cost they, of if they still gotta like lower. flip discs all year to like yeah. make ends meet, yeah, <laughs> then they're they're doing it wrong. Yeah, but. Yeah, no, I, I, the, at least that sector of people should be able to just be very comfortable yeah. throughout the year. So, how has the uh, like mental aspect of the game been for you? Obviously, you have like a wrestling background, which is other than probably golf. Well, I would say like equally, but like it's just you. Obviously, there's team, but you got to win your yeah. own match. Yeah. So the mindset is, I always thought wrestlers probably have one of the best mi- like mindsets in the world, I would say like, yeah. how is that transferred over for, to disc golf for you? Uh, I, it's, it's definitely, definitely helps a lot. Um, I'm a, I'm a huge like David Goggins fan. And so I, I kind of like throughout this year, like applied his concept of like, uh, he, he always has like the, you can't hurt me, like stay hard type stuff. And just to like stay focused, but, it was the, the definitely I would consider that like my strong suit, but from where wrestling like it's it's a lot of like positive self talk and not very but like disc golf is very easy to be negative on yourself because it's like it's like oh you jackass like why'd you do that like you can like throw that shot yeah. and where wrestling like if you messed up like you don't really have time to think about yeah, that like, where next. now you have how many minutes until yeah. you throw your next shot? Like, why did I do that? Why did I do that? Where that, that was kind of the biggest struggle is not to fall into that negative mindset. And just like, uh, I'm a, I'm a big, big advocate of like everything happens for a reason. And like, Oh, like if I didn't shank that shot and then like make bogey there, I wouldn't have went on this birdie streak or mm-hmm. like the order would have been different. Wouldn't have had the wind. And so, I mean, every I'm, I'm, I'm right where I'm, supposed to be and so i i try to think of it as everything half for a reason but with the the mindset yeah just biggest thing for me is always making sure just positive and don't don't really get too hard on myself because it is definitely way easier to do in disc golf than wrestling yeah i i i it like threw me for a loop because growing up playing football and baseball i was like I want the pressure. Mm-hmm. Like I've thrived in like the pressure. 
And then in disc golf, yeah, I crumble. <laughs> like, I cannot putt in a tournament because, <laughs> but I'm thinking, I'm like, why, if it was bottom of the ninth, down by one, like, put me up to the plate, please. Yeah. But I have to make, go make a putt in a tournament. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> ain't happening. <laughs> and I don't know why. I, was, I still, like, I'm trying to figure it out because I'm like, why in every other sport I've ever done, I confident in every situation ever yeah but throwing a putt in disc golf i step up to every tee and i'm confident i can park every single shot there is putting nothing i'm like yeah that, and i still try and like get it like i'm like how i don't understand it but yeah putting is a, a monster of its own that if, if it just like gets because once it like someone's in their head about putting like it's just boom 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 just yep. downhill from there but yeah, I, it's it's nuts with how how much that can like just eat at you yeah. in disc golf. But yeah, because like I don't know, that's that's weird to think though, because the with wrestling like being the only one out there, like I, I I love just the like all eyes on you for this moment and then like execute and like even at Worlds this year, um, at Mulligans we're so like i think it's like hole 14 plays alongside like hole three so it was like uh second second to last card went and then we went while lead card and the whole gallery was like stopped so that so it's basically like a thousand people watching you we had like 500 people sitting there and i had like a 30 foot putt at the sand traps and i drilled it and they all went nuts i was like ah but yeah those like it you just have to fully embrace it to to really just love it yeah and you almost have to lie to yourself sometimes like oh like i cannot wait for this putt yeah but yeah i think because a lot of times i'll be walking up to a putt and like all i'm thinking is like i'm gonna miss this putt and uh, yeah and as as (laughs) soon as you put the don't do this that that makes your brain think about only that shank it off to the right like i always i'm like oh man yeah that's the worst um so what is what like what's your since kind of like going on tour man like what's the best experience you've had just like traveling being on the road being able to kind of like do anything you want Pro- oh, probably i i still have dreams about vermont vermont was so i want to get there so bad dude the courses are Beautiful. like two of my favorite courses and then it was just like they had a separate lot for the players like staying in the van and it's like halfway up smuggler's notch and there's like zero white light pollution and you could see, like, we saw, like, four shooting stars at night, and you could just see absolutely everything. And so, like, we'd play practice round, drive 15 minutes to this waterfall that was just, like, ice cold. So we'd go, like, cliff jumping in the waterfall, and then I'd just sit in there for, like, 15, 20 minutes, have a beer or something, and let my body just, like, fully, like, recover, and yeah. then go grab a bite to eat, go up there, chill, and then, like, maybe grill at night, and then just all sit around, talk, and, like with the night sky is insane and they have the oh i can't remember what it's called like the festival going with the live music and vendors and it was just all around like the best experience yeah i bet that the vermont courses like just seeing them like that is my one place like i want to get so bad it looks just yeah it's got to be like one of the most beautiful places in the u.s like yeah a hundred percent and like the courses are insane because they're all like there's a few like bonus, but like 
it's like everyone can birdie them. And mm-hmm. so like you could be having a bad round at Brewster or something, but then just get hot anywhere on the course because like you can get every hole. And I love that kind of golf where like every hole is challenging, but you can just start a streak like yeah. anywhere on the course. That's, that's nice where it's like, the course, cause some courses, if you're off, it's oh, going to be a long be, day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, dude, that's how it was. I played Shelly Sharp. And I, I don't know even know why I signed up for this tournament. I suck at putting, and fifteen of the baskets are raised. El- <laughs> so it's like, if yeah. you can't, if your putt's not feeling good, you can't like unraise baskets. You're not gonna get it back. I don't know, at least yeah. for me, because you have no opportunity to just like drill a solid putt. I feel like and be like, okay, yeah. that's how it's supposed to feel. Dude, that was... And especially, like, I mean, there's almost always wind going out there. And with, yeah, over half the baskets elevated is just asking for another 30-some foot comebacker. Dude, I was laying up everything. (laughs) (laughs) It was horrible. Worst weekend of my life. Not really, but it sucked. (laughs) And I can't... I, I didn't... I haven't got to watch that stuff yet. Was that just at Vista or is that... Just Vista. Just Vista, okay. Yeah. That too... Like the first couple of days, and you're like, I gotta go back here again. Come on, man. <laughs> Brutal. So, what are what are some of like what are the negatives of living on the road? Like um, what's what's your worst experiences so far, oh, dude? The uh, tour life. It was it was kind of it was nuts. So the first weekend, um, in or I guess second weekend, I was staying at the golf course parking lot for Portland Open. It was me, Quint Becker, Matt Polson, and Phil. Uh, DLNA and we were sitting in the parking lot and there's like a like a two foot gap between me and my van I was putting away my grilling stuff and I see this person like slide in between that gap and I look up and it's this little like five foot lady she's like hi and I was like Jesus like what the hell and like we all kind of and she was just like tweaked out and oh. just like <laughs> I and all of our stuff looking and she was like sizing up Phil and and he like asked if she like needed help or if she's in trouble like it if she wanted water and so she like took the water and then she like slammed it like a little kid and just like accordion style and then like dumped the rest out and phil was like one for the homies <laughs> i was like jesus phil not now and uh and then she like really started sizing up phil and just kind of like zeroed in on him and and he's like started getting a little like serious with her and he's like hey like like what's going on? and it looked like he started reaching for something but then just started taking off all her clothes <laughs> and then just started chasing Phil and we all like didn't know what was going on so we took off and then the the golf course like uh the people in charge like when she got reclothed got her to go sit and then the cops came and like came and got her but Jeez. it was like it was like second weekend there i was like is that how staying in the van like weirdos random just, parking lots yeah just. but really that was like the only issue and then i mean like obviously not having like a a solid place to stay every every week or anything can can be a little irritating or i wouldn't say irritating but like just annoying at times but if you have a good group of people then it's not not bad yeah what's the longest drive you've done like without stopping on the way here i drove like 15 yeah. 15 hours or so and then like and then right after i graduated and went out to portland it was like it was like 14 and a half and then like 13 and a half back to back and that messed my body up for a while yeah. just 
I did 22 straight one time. Oh, my <laughs> God, dude. It was miserable. Just you? Yeah. What? <laughs> you just living off bang energy? I, I think I drank, like, seven monsters that oh day. And by the end God. of it, I was literally, like, hallucinating. Like, dude, it, but it I was, gets to that point. I was driving from, like, here to Nashville. And oh my God. you... You're not going to stop in the middle of Tennessee in the middle of the night. Yeah. You would probably never be seen again. So <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm going to just keep going. Yeah. Like, the, you're at the point where you're in your in the car and I'm like screaming to like, like, ah, ah, like to like wake yourself up. I like put my head out the window so that I'm uh-huh. like, you just need like 10 minutes here. 10 minutes. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, oh, just got to call someone or. Yeah. Most of the always, day I, would, I try and like just call people, be on the phone with people. Cause yeah, that's like, I would say the best way to just stay, have like a couple hours, like boom, gone. Yeah. Boom. And I, I always get like a, like the first hour isn't bad. And then the next two or three, I'm exhausted. And then like from like 11 or 12 to like three or four, I'm good. And then like four to seven, I'm just exhausted. And then like, I feel like I can go forever. Yeah. I, I feel but, like you hit that once you get kind of like you're going for a while, it's kind of just like, all right, here we like, are. all right, we're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I always pick my feet up off the ground cause I like, and just hold it. And cause it's like impossible to fall asleep. If like you're activating your core. Yeah. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. So I'll do that as long as I can. And then I'll start burning and then I'll sit down and then I'll eventually break a sweat and kind of wake up a little bit. That's <laughs> funny. That's a good idea though. Never yeah. thought of that. Shit. So what the fuck was I going to ask? I forgot. Oh yeah. What do you like? So you disc golfer wrestler. What, what else? What's like, What's your favorite stuff to do? Other hobbies? Um, man, I used to I used to be super into video games, but I haven't played video games in a couple years. Um, I mean, really, just like I got super into the, yeah kendama, and so for those of you that don't know, it's a uh, it's like a Japanese hand eye coordination like skill toy, and it's got like three cups and the ball on a string and a spike and. There's like all kind. Of, there's like names for all these different tricks, kind of like yo-yoing almost. Yeah, it's like it's like a yeah, it's like a mix of yo-yo and like ball and cup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but the, it's like a lot of skateboarders and like BMX people are super into it because it's the same as like grinding out a trick and then the satisfaction of of like spiking it to end the trick is. Like it was, it was sort of like stupid thrilling the first time I did it. I was like, yeah. why did I just get like that big of a rush from that? And so I kind of stuck with that. And, and I do like, I, I just like being outside and going big foodie. I like trying, trying out different places, like when I'm in town or something. And then, uh, I like, I like working out too. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing, nothing yeah. too, too crazy. Just a basic uh, disc golf. Disc golf takes a lot of time. So. Yeah, definitely. How uh, how when you're on tour, like how many rounds are you playing a week? You think? Um, probably around every day. Uh, sometimes, I, I yeah, I usually two rounds a day. Like, I have to like grind for because yeah, I, I mean any any more, like I feel just like an old man. But like afterwards, I just like want to rest. But like the day before a tournament, I'll usually try to take off. Like if the like weak aligns right mm-hmm. and then maybe just go play like some problem holes and putt but probably around a day and then 
I will like go like maybe throw in a field or something and then like go practice putt while and the people I hang out with we will usually like grill and then late at night go play like uh, a few putting games for like five bucks yeah. or something but what are you looking forward to most this year never been to florida so i'm interested i mean it's only tallahassee so it's not like down there but i've been in 43 out of 48 states all uh, from like recently you, from disc golf or uh, did, a, did lot, you travel some, a lot of some before just from where i've been as like a kid but yeah. then i knocked off a lot this year so i have like louisiana florida and then i think uh oh it's like maine whatever it's writing is that connecticut or something i think it's so. like maine connecticut and there's a New Hampshire or something. There's like yeah. a three up there and then two, two, uh, like Southeast, but looking forward to kind of knocking off a few more just, and, uh, really the first half of the season. Cause I, I missed it last year. So like Vegas, the whole Texas swing yeah. and those are just going to be amazing. Have you played Memorial ever? I haven't. I've no. never played. I feel like that, like <clears throat> at least like growing up watching you always like yeah. Memorial is like the one where you're like, Oh, like, I know watching Fountain Hills and stuff is so cool. Yeah, and like the legendary, like Jeremy Colling, Macbeth, like those. Yeah, so I yeah I kind of disregarded that. Yeah, because I love I love playing Fountain Hills. Like it's it's only played it one time, but I like it really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's nothing like crazy difficult, but it's just is like it's just super super fun. And after like all the dead like hard grass and everything, and then get there and it's just green grass i mean plenty of people walking around and stuff and then mm-hmm. and then when the fountain goes off but yeah yeah probably probably just playing the the tournaments at the beginning of the year that i haven't got to because it'll it'll be like half the season off to grind out new courses mm-hmm. and then the back half it'll just be more like familiarizing myself like okay like these were the problem holes last year fix those and then like play the other holes the same and then It'd be make nice because you kind of get like another like you can take the first half of the season as almost like like the first like your whole yeah, like season growing last year. more. Like, right, I get to try this stuff like do this for the first time again. Then you're warmed up for the second half of the season, and then you get to implement everything from last year yeah. and, and the beginning of the season. So obviously you want to have a good beginning in the season, but like hopefully that and second half of your season you just uh, yeah fire. Yeah, and that's kind of how it was, like, last year is, I mean, like, the first half of the half I played was, like, figuring stuff out, and then I kind of got in a rhythm um, and was averaging, like, 10, it was damn near, like, 10, 20, the, like, the last four weeks just to... What are you rated right now? 10, 06. So, not, nothing, nothing special, but uh, a good, a good spot to start the year, yeah, I, I think. But, yeah, definitely want to get up in the teens this year i try not to worry about like rating too much and people say don't worry about rating but like it's like if you're still if you're a good player you're a good player so rating doesn't matter but if your rating's going down that means you're playing like shit yeah so like like, (laughs) yeah it's like i obviously yeah it is a direct correlation of how all of your rounds go yeah because like (laughs) when like you'll see people get get pissed or something like oh like like what do you think that like round was rated like who cares like did it feel like a good round it's like it's like yeah, like felt not bad, but like I want to know like relative like how, mm-hmm. but yeah. So I mean, doesn't matter, but I mean I keep an eye on it just because like it Paul is. Macbeth's not Paul Macbeth if he's rated 
1005. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it matters. Basically, like, Left Home Podcast. I don't know if you've, like, watched any or not, but it's basically, like, the whole premise of, for me, is, like, talking, just having conversations with people that are doing things out of the ordinary, which, obviously, disc golf being on tour, I would say is, like, one of the one of the most unordinary. That's why I'm excited yeah. to have, like, a bunch of disc golf guys on, like, coming up here. But... I ask like every person what like if people are at home, whether it be like a disc golfer who's up and coming guys shredding it locally or just anybody out there who wants to like leave home, wants to do that thing that's out of the ordinary. Maybe they're scared to do what like what advice are you going to give them to like take that step? Send it. <laughs> just send it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like it really. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all the, the cliche stuff, just like as much as you put in, you'll get out type. But, I mean, anyone can work as hard as they want and eventually get toward whatever whatever it is. Just work towards that goal. And, I mean, whether it be like work extra to save up to get a van or something to to then like be able to pursue whatever you want. But, um, I mean, really, you just, you just have to commit and just accept accept that you're going to commit and and just i mean obviously be smart about all your decisions but um yeah i mean you just you just have to commit and fully own that that's like what you're going to do and then only think about that and make that your goal and and do whatever it takes to get there yeah i'd agree <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah it's just that's i mean every everything you've you've ever heard about it just like pursuing your dream or whatever like you like you can you can do it yeah. and i i never would have thought like i remember when i was in like in rec and i went to um iron line at the time now titan disc golf i, I was like asked them i was like oh so like how do people go about like getting sponsored and because i'm someone that when you get into something like i'm i'm all in mm -hmm. whether whether it be the kendama or, or like video game fingerboard like i just want to like all in and and so I was like, oh, like, how do you go about getting sponsored? And and he just, like, kind of gave me a bland answer of, oh, just another kid, like, wanting to get sponsored. And then I kind of, like, took what he said and then just, like, started grinding. And and looking back, like, it's kind of cool to see it. But in the time, like, I didn't know how good I was going to get. I right. didn't know where I'd take it. But I just kept going out. And, I, I mean, I'd, I'd take – I mean, I'd – I don't know how many slow-mo videos I took in my room as like a junior or senior in high school of like trying to get the pull through down without yeah. a disc or anything. And, and it's just, you can never do too much to, to achieve your goal. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, shit. Want to shout out your sponsors or? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, shout out Prodigy disc. Obviously if you don't throw anything, a prodigy, I highly recommend it. They're coming out with a lot of good discs. Uh, shout out Titan Disc Golf in Des Moines. They have an online website, uh, titandiscgolf.com, as well as Wander Disc Golf. Uh, WanderDiscGolf.com, uh, some of their proceeds go back to mental health. And uh, be on the lookout for their YouTube channel. And Sweets Kandamas, if you're interested in that, check out their website and use promo code BABCOCK15. Get 15% off. And yeah, just appreciate appreciate everything they've done for me, and just go check them out. Hell yeah! 
All right, Gavin, thanks for coming on. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Left Home Podcast, episode number eight, I think. Uh, see you in the next one. <laughs> <laughs> cigarettes on cigarettes, my mama think I stink. I got pearls in my hoodies, all the homies think it's think I miss my cocoa butter kisses. I miss my cocoa butter kisses. Cigarettes on cigarettes, my mama think I stink. I got pearls in my memories, the homies.